Fetty wakes up in uh, in his bed uh, in the Guildmaster's chambers. Probably not completely sure exactly how he got there, uh, considering That's his. <laughs> That's normal. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what is uh what does he do? Uh. Well, so I don't think we've ever had like Teddy wakes up in his own bed before. No. Um. All right. So Teddy wakes up and he blinks his eyes a few times and he instinctively reaches over his right arm to the right side of the bed feels that it is empty and sits up and gets out of bed okay and looks around and like blinks dumbly in the light like and then now he's realizing that he only has one eye that he's blinking oh that's right fuck Oh, I hope I didn't get an infection from shoving that thing up in there yesterday. Oh, maybe that's why I have such a bad hangover. I don't feel like I drank that much. And then he, like, reaches over and feels his shoulder, which probably hurts like hell. Ugh, I'm very hungover, and a lot of parts of my body hurt. A lot of parts of my body hurt. Alright, so as you're as you're kind of like reaching over and kind of like you're kind of rubbing that, that sore shoulder, roll me a roll me a con save. That's better for me. Hang on. What's my con? That is a thirteen. Thirteen. Okay. So as you kinda of like reach over and and kind of like grab at that kind of rest your hand on that scar, you feel like this this pulse. Uh, through your whole hand and as you feel this pulse you see your veins kind of like pulse a little bit through your whole hand and it is white and they flash white a couple of times and then the pain kind of subsides my wait my hand or the shoulder both uh so your shoulder uh, like pulses with pain and Mm -hmm. your your veins all through that arm like light up white a couple of times and then it the pain subsides. Okay, so the flashing is just in the shoulder and arm that is injured, not like yeah. the touching hand. Okay, that's yeah. what I just want to make sure. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I don't think it's supposed to do that at all. I don't think that's normal. Ugh. Oh, shit, though. And Teddy, like, looks around. Oh, I think Mom's here. I'm assuming she's, unless she's, like, in this room. You do not see her where you are. Alright. And he like, stands up and like kind of tumbles to his feet. Fuck! It is very nice to wake up in here and not hear a goddamn didgeridoo. <clears throat> and he reaches under into his nightstand for his morning flask. <laughs> Goes ahead and starts starts on that. Pulls on a shirt and some pants and shit, and like blunders downstairs into the storage closet and into the bar area of the darker headquarters. Uh, so yeah, the your kind of bar storage area is pretty much empty at this point. Yeah, I would hope there wouldn't be anybody in here right now besides Teddy. Like, you can expect to find him here any day, but like, at pretty much any time, unless he's doing shit. But like, <laughs> it's like early, I would assume it's the morning. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty early. I'd say like, you know, eight o'clock kind of thing. <laughs> Kate is in here completely passed out, just so drunk. <laughs> Teddy's not gonna wake him up. <laughs> yeah, he's like... He's face first behind the bar kind of thing. You can like you tell that yeah, tell that Fridnik was trying to drag him to his room but decided he couldn't move him. There's like kind of lizard stuff around him. <laughs> yeah. And you can like hear the pen. Yeah. You can hear like Pendergast kinda of, like yelling at him, Boy, wake up! Boy. <laughs> Cannon. Anyway, yeah, Teddy will kind of, like, creep out towards the kitchen and Boris, but Boris knows how to make a hangover cure that could stop a fucking mule. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely, and he's, like, uh, he he kind of turns around and he says, oh, uh, Teddy, um... Hey, buddy. I, uh, just finished up a bit of an omelet for your, uh, for your mom. Um, I made, uh, made one for you. She brought the <sighs> finest, finest spider venom spices. <sighs> Like, I'm jealous of you guys and being able to get a hold of this stuff. <clears throat> yeah, she takes them off of Loth worshippers. <clears throat> it's real badass. She's real tough. Um, thank you. I will definitely eat that omelet. Could you also make me one of those hair of the dogs, that big milkshake that you gave me last time? He laughs. He says, yeah, yeah, I, I can do that. That would be great. Um, here, I'll uh, grab that. And, uh... God, like, you got any bought water? You can maybe give me like a, some some tea or some coffee to bring out with me. Well, y- yeah, I can, I can, I can whip up some water. He's like, you think you can handle all of this with just 
two hands? Oh, yeah, and Teddy just busts it like a fucking pro. <laughs> okay. Puts his arm out flat and, like, yeah, you know, he's weighted tables. We've established this. He's a good waiter. <laughs> right, that's true. So as, uh, as you, Boris, is kind of, like, loading you up, um, he, he opens the, kind of opens the door a bit for you and, and lets you through. And goes back to, to finishing up your milkshake. I don't want to know ever what's in that. I never want to know what's in that. Um, <laughs> yeah, and Teddy will... I, I mean, is, is she mom sitting out on the table? Surprisingly not. Uh, there's... The actual, like, area is completely bare. Uh, there's nobody there. Nobody from the guild is, is there having uh, having breakfast. But one thing you do see is uh, a, a little cup of water and, like, a little, a little trinket that she had left just to kind of give you a notice that, you know, she'll be back kind of thing. Uh, and it's oh, her... Okay. Um, it's what she uses as her cleric focus, um, and it's just like a little teddy bear. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, God. And it, it is just like a stark white teddy bear. Teddy, teddy laughs. Teddy doesn't laugh boisterously loud like I just did, um, but he, he does chuckle, and he, he kind of picks the bear up, and he sits it up on the table, like very... You know, properly, um, and then he'll just kind of dig into his omelet. And as you're as you're sitting there, you know, eating your eating your omelet, roll me a perception check. All right, so fifteen plus nineteen total. Okay, cool. Fifteen plus four. So as you're as you're um, sitting there with this tiny little teddy bear, uh, you hear in the in the background, "Oh man." Uh, it was it was a real honor working through the night with you. You got some real good ideas for some of the technology that we got. I think Teddy's gonna be real happy with this. Teddy like turns around with his mouth full. Oh. Uh, and through the lab doors come Tal and your mom. Um, Teddy like morning. <clears throat> <laughs> and she and your mom kind of like just it, uh, it was Meg, right? Meg. Meg is her name. Maggie is his wife's name. Meg is his mom's name. Right. Okay. Yeah. So. So Meg kind of like looks and and smiles. She's like, "Oh, it's nice to see you awake. I didn't think it would be this. You'd be up this early after, well, last night." Well, mom, I'm big important people now. I gotta be up early. And he like looks at her, and you could tell he's like really trying to not laugh. Gotta do business stuff, mom. <laughs> <laughs> she chuckles a bit and like pats you on the head. She's like, "Well, I'm glad that you got yourself something uh, something to keep you busy." And and she sits across the table from you, sits down and. Like kind of takes picks up the teddy bear and like clips it to her uh, her bracelet and kind of like starts eating. See tiny teddy. (laughs) She's like, I never leave home without him. (laughs) I love this. I love this so much. She says, considering Big Teddy left home without me, I have to. You know, we both know that Dad is only still mobile because of the things that you put in his breakfast. Lily knows where you keep the bottles, right? Like, Teddy gets very serious. She she knows where those bottles are supposed to be, right? It, she knows. She she learned. Okay. You you taught her really well. All right, all right. Look, I just, you know, if he's going to die, I want to be there so we can have a drink about it. So that's, that's fair. I mean, I think he's, he's going to last a while. Beholder eggs do pretty good for those humans. And she, like, says that deadpan. <laughs> Teddy just chuckles. He's not even chuckles. It's more of, like, just a raw, like... <laughs> And he just thinks they're big ostrich eggs. <laughs> yeah. God forbid one of those things hatches on him and hits him with a disintegration ray. <sighs> oh well. What a world. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I came, I came as fast as I could. You know, enjoyed a, enjoyed a nice leisurely ride on that, uh, on that Bahir tram. But um, you have a very, very capable cleric here. Why did you call me? Well, and I'm assuming he means Salandra. She means Salandra or Tal. Uh, she's referring to uh, to Viren. To Viren. Oh, right, 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 right. That's right. I forgot she was down here. Everybody forgets the cleric. Well, you know, Mom, uh, you get you get hurt in a weird way. You kind of want you want not only the best doctor, but like your mom too. And he like leans in. And he goes, "I'm pretty fucked up, Mom." And he like kind of tugs at his eye, and he's like, "This is new. This actually is not why I called you. I'm, I'm sure she could handle that, but like, it's kind of weird, glowy." Did you contract one of like the tunnel sex diseases? No, it's not a sex disease, Mom. Come on, that was just that one time. It was that one time. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just kidding. 
But uh, he goes, no, it's any, any, um, he goes, it's my shoulder. I got this, uh, wound and it is not healing right. And like, not the normal kind of not healing right where it smells funny and like stuff comes out of it. Um, that kind of, it's real weird. Well, let's, uh, let's finish our breakfast and I'll, I'll take a look at it. And, um, as she, as she says that towel kind of comes out and with a little wooden box and she puts it down beside, uh, Meg and she says, uh, ma'am, it's actually complete. Uh, just, just do the thing that we discussed and we'll, you know, I think, I think, I think he'll be okay. And Tal kind of looks at you and, and gives you a big, gives you a big grin and thanks Tal. You're going to like this. I'm sure I will. Hey, if, uh, if you haven't had breakfast yet, or even if you have, fuck, go tell Boris to make you an omelet. Thank you. I don't know what's in the box, but I'm sure it's cool. And, uh, she says, I, I, I already got breakfast. I'm, uh, but I got some more things to to build for the rest of the guild so i'm gonna i'm gonna get to work but you know it was it was really nice spending time with your mom and uh you know i, I hope everything works out okay. and, she's, and she leaves <laughs> thanks sal take a day off sometime please <laughs> just for your own good we like you we don't want you to get burned out oh she's already gone okay <laughs> yeah so you guys finish up your breakfast and where do you go to I'm gonna be perfectly honest like I was kind of thinking to go back to Tal's lab okay because she also kind of would know what's up mm-hmm. she's got more contact with the autumn death than most people yep that's fine so okay so maybe like like go back a couple <laughs> minutes and go oh actually Tal can we do this in your lab oh yeah yeah of course I mean okay yeah yeah. Um, and maybe can you get Viren just so we got more heads on this? <laughs> Gotta start remembering she's here. Gotta remember how good she is at the magic stuff. <laughs> she she <laughs> chuckles a bit. She says, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll make that detour. I'll be right back." And just right. as she's like getting to like open the door to the lab, she she lets it go and gives you a bit of a smirk and like does a ninety degree turn and disappears down the hallway to the sick bay. <laughs> We really have to start remembering that we have not only a cleric, but also like you know one of an the, one of the epic heroes of destiny that, that just kind of works down the hall that we don't even remember she's here. She is your guild cleric. Fuck. <laughs> she is your sick papers. <laughs> God, what is that job like? That's a whole podcast in itself. As, as you and and Meg head into the lab. Uh, a couple seconds later, you kind of hear a, hear some chuckling outside the outside the lab coming in your direction, and you hear Tal say, "And then this silly motherfucker just like held on to the thing, and it blew up in his hands. No more hands." They get to the, the door, and they realize you're there. They're like, "Uh, right. Uh, we will help you out." <laughs> Teddy just, yep, <laughs> okay, and just walks into the lab. <laughs> That's a great lead in, Nathan. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Titty, what, what did you need the two of us here for if, uh, uh, you know, if you, if you called your mom to help you out? What, what are we, what are we looking at? Teddy gets, like, real awkward. You know, like, that feeling when, when you're, like, in, like, middle school and you have to go to the doctor and you're just like, I don't want to be, like, everything is awkward. Yeah. Um, he just, like, kind of pulls his shirt off and, like, points to his shoulder and goes, this is real fucked up. And he pokes it. <laughs> and Viren kind of looks at it and is like, oh boy, you... Wow, it's been a real long time since I've seen that. Well, this is why you're here then. <laughs> See? I need my mom because she's a great doctor, but also my mom. So if shit goes south, it's my mom. I need Tal because, like, I don't know what the fuck this is. This is some could be some crazy science shit. Like, I don't know if I'm going to need to get some kind of cure made. And you are like a famous epic cleric of legend that saved the world that lives in the down hall. So uh, down the hall. So, you know. What the fuck? Well, uh, and she and she kind of like gets closer to your to your arm and starts kind of feeling around. She's like, "Well, it's pretty well contained, so that's nice. No real danger of like of an autumn bloom happening, as far as I can tell." All right, let's start off with that. Um, first, contained. Second, bloom. Oh yeah. Well, okay. So. <sighs> How do I how do I put 
put this? Um, when people who sort of have more of a magical heritage, people like ourselves, like Tal, partially like yourself, the Autumn Death doesn't necessarily, uh, what is the, what is the word? Uh, it doesn't necessarily eat away at their essence. It just sort of assimilates them a little bit. And there's a possibility that if the right things are done, then it can be reversed. Basically what I'm saying is this is as best of a, a best case infection is what I'm saying. Best case infection. Yes. Teddy just like is just staring kind of deadpan. Uh, and what I mean by bloom is, uh, well, when humans get infected, they don't actually get assimilated into whatever the autumn death is. Often their bodies get infected and then they sort of they lose themselves and they wander around for about a week until such point as their uh, well, the autumn death sort of anchors them into the ground and they sort of turn into a almost like a flower pod and then their head explodes into a bloom and they spread the autumn death wherever they've rooted so you're free of that Teddy um, puts his just kind of so let me ask you a question then I know that they use alcohol to like sterilize stuff in medicine does the amount that I drink keep my body in a weird state of permanent am I am I unintentionally keeping it super clean <laughs> she laughs and she says oh no this is this is a very different type of infection oh then fuck it and this doesn't matter and Teddy will just drink anyway um He's done with his morning flask. Uh, and, and Tal kind of uh, is like looking between you and, and Viren and she says, I think she says, I'm, if he, if y'all are okay with it, I'd, I'd like to just, you know, just keep tabs on it and and see if we can sort of help each other out to see, uh, just just to see if it progresses anymore or if, if any kind of things are going to happen. I am not only okay with you keeping tabs on it, but I would prefer like, you know, that we were doing something. I don't kind of necessarily think it's okay to just have this here. This doesn't seem like a good thing. Well, no, it, it, it really isn't, but... It's not a tumor. <laughs> it, it's, it's not a tumor. Yeah, not a tumor. It's not a tumor. <laughs> oh, sorry. But, uh, you know, and I don't want to recommend this, especially not in front of your mom, uh, but it would be really good science if maybe you learn to use it. And she gives you this, like, weird, like, uh-huh, oh, finger guns. And, like, Viren is giving her the stink <laughs> eye, like, fucking what are you saying okay okay so one option is to learn how to use okay uh mom give me the other option please the one that makes sense <laughs> uh, and she says you're gonna have to figure out a way to get rid of it um and, you got anything here well short of killing you no mm -hmm. yes i could see how that is the lowest option on the list actually mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is definitely lower. There's always a worse option. You're right. The Buford family motto. <laughs> oh my god, that's absolutely the fucking family motto now. There's always a worse option. That is our winner is coming. <laughs> oh god. Uh, and she and she chuckles a bit, and she kind of like fiddles with, uh, fiddles with little Teddy, and she. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she says, although <laughs> she says, I wonder if uh, let me let me let me try something. And um, she attempts to uh, cast like a greater restoration on on Teddy and just kind of contained to that area. And she. OK. And as you uh, and as she's doing this, you see like those lines that have sort of spidered out um, are uh, kind of like retract a little bit and they get to a certain point and the spell stops and they kind of bounce right back to where they were if not a little bit farther and she's like oh mm, well I guess that's not an option hmm yep I think you're gonna have to, to find a little uh, a different way to to get rid of this alright um Viren you mentioned there were things I could do uh well the uh, she says the last thing that we well the last time we saw something like this happen it was it was in the uh well she's like it was in the when we were all in the overworld we had and she kind of gestures to Tal and she says well we were we were working with the with the institute in uh in Surefoot but 
that particular institute that long ago got destroyed, so we lost a lot of the data. But yes, the data in one of in one of the ice ice storms uh, when Surefoot was crushed, we lost a lot of that information, and it was been really hard to replicate it but i mean the headmistress might still have some information um and she might still have some ideas i know i know she was part of that project but i don't know how successful it was we thought we had cured a couple of people 50 percent of them uh ended up rooting and blooming kind of the other 50 percent seemed to go on and have regular lives so is it supposed to glow when i touch it is that normal that doesn't feel normal even for this this feels weird anyway but that doesn't feel normal even for this and she just laughs and she says, mm, I think uh, I think it's a little bit different for everybody. And she says, I've never actually seen it scar up and and go white like this. This is very new to me. Fuck. All right. Well, four heads are better than one. Tal, there's always a worse option. Tell me about yours. And Tal says, well, when one of the guys at, uh, in Surefoot was infected, Slightly similar similar to this, we found that during emotional moments that the Autumn Death would like to try and take over, and it, because it wouldn't kill creatures like us, it would often just imbue us with extra power while we were a little bit mindless. After a while, uh, that particular friend um, figured out how to harness that bit of energy he and he was eventually killed but we managed to we managed to find a cleric to bring him back but he never really did get uninfected uh so he's been he's been pretty valuable to people who have been infected and and trying to teach them to to really control their emotions and and also figure out how to use this thing Uh, and teddy goes "Uh uh-huh so he kind of knows how to just like help make this more tolerable yeah i mean he's and how do i reach him <laughs> well, uh, you just walk in the front doors of the Surefoot Science Institute, and you ask for that brain-dead fucker named Zalvar. No. No. Him? Or does he just happen to know the mountain where he it, it resides? He seemed like an uptight dweeb. I was thinking more of like a trainer of heroes. Kind of more like, do you ever hear the story of that big Greek dude, Hercules, and he has a little satyr dude that runs around and yells, and he sounds kind of like that uh, that one villain in that other book. Um, he's real short, he's obsessed with birds uh it goes squawk squawk he's real gross uh ah, he pooped a bed once uh teddy i'm sorry i got no idea what you're talking about uh but no i was trying to describe danny devito oh yeah i know exactly what you're talking about okay good and for everybody at home if you guess danny devito you win the special prize (laughs) and she says but i don't have that uh Zelvar, no, Zelvar is is his son. He'll he'll be able to tell you where where he is. All right, I will. I, it sounds like I have to go back up there to talk to the headmistress about this anyway. So I will talk to him while I am there. Uh, all right, Emmy. <clears throat> uh, also, while we're while we got you here, uh, and there's there's three of us. Um, can I open the box? Is that, is that what you're going to ask me to do? That's yeah. She says you should you should I'm probably. I'm wondering open that about box. that, and he opens it. Yeah. Uh, so in the box is a what looks like a little. It, it looks like a. It's a piece of metal, basically, a little metal shaft with a ball bearing on the end of it, and a um, almost like a, a little bowl, a concave bowl. Um. <clears throat> A dish. a dish, almost, uh, and this dish kind of like moves a little bit, um, and uh, it is the perfect size for an eye. Um, and she says, "So we figured that if your eye was gone, uh, and based on the trajectory of that nasty ass scar going from your your mouth to your eyeball, it probably." Whatever happened probably fucked up that optic nerve of yours, so we're gonna have to rebuild that. And that's where this little thing comes in. Um, however, I'm still gonna need to make a new eye for you, or... Oh, I got that, I got that, and Teddy fishes out of his secret hiding pocket. Again, location never to be revealed. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, she says, oh, that's, that's real interesting, okay. 
That makes it sound like it's his butt. It's definitely in his coat or something. It is, it is in an item of clothing that he has. It is not on his physical person. Okay. All right. Uh, and she uh, she says, "Oh, well, all right. Um, let's. Uh, well, I guess let's let's use this." And it's cool, right? It's pretty cool, right? And she says, "It's it's it's definitely interesting." And she's sort of like looking at it, and she said. Are you sure you want to use this as your eye? This doesn't look like any eye I've ever seen. I'm sure. <laughs> I am the one. And she's like, mm, okay. And she kind of looks at that, looks at Megan, she looks at Beer, and she says, this is, is going to be a two-cleric job. Y'all are familiar with with each other. Probably going to be best to work together. And uh, I will... <clears throat> put these two together and start putting it in his face. <laughs> and she's like, are you okay with this, Teddy? Dal, are you okay with this? You sound very unsure for someone who's about to jam something into my eye socket. I would like you to sound much more sure about what you're about to do. Oh, and, and Tal, like, uh, takes off her glove and, like, kind of twiddles her fingers a little bit and all you hear is clack, 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 clack. And she's like, oh, I'm totally sure. I had to replace my own hand. All right, that's better. That's better. It's amazing. Holy shit. Ah, I love it. That's great. And she, like, slips her black glove black back on and... All right, heard, heard. I got you. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and get anesthetized then. <laughs> and, he, and he starts blowing out and just starts drinking again. Uh, yeah, and Viren, uh looks at Meg and she says, It's been, what, about three, four hundred years since we've had to perform a surgery like this together? Yeah, I think we'll be good, right? I love that they're friends. <laughs> Does, but the question is, is, did Teddy know this beforehand? <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. He had no idea. And he's he's barely cognizant of it now because, again, unfortunately, I'm remembering, but Teddy is kind of forgetting she's in the room already. Yeah. I'd like to imagine that one of her magical abilities is just being, like, really fucking hard to remember. <laughs> Yeah, and so they they get to work as you basically pass out and roll me one more con check. That is a seventeen. <laughs> All right, perfect. So yeah, you manage to you you don't feel anything through uh, this this surgery, and you wake up yeah, a good five hours later again back in your own bed, and you are able to see out of two eyes. Woohoo! Um. I'm assuming that, like, I opened my eyes and, like, all three of them were kind of, like, sitting around there. Yeah, they're... Do they do a dramatic mirror move? <laughs> the, the, oh my god, there's six of you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, gotta adjust it. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're, they, they pretty much just kind of, like, waiting around in the, uh, in the office section just outside the bedroom. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you can hear, like, three people having a conversation, just kind of chuckling and... Uh, Meg hears you stirring a little bit, and she says, uh, I hope you don't mind. We we started dipping into the good stuff. You know, you made me come here. Um, yeah. Teddy, Teddy reaches over to the right side of the bed, realizes it's empty, gets up, and he goes, Yeah, no, that's fine. And he blinks both of his eyes. Oh, that feels actually pretty good. All right. That's not bad. Woo! Um, and I'm going to say that he... I need to pick an object for him to unintentionally touch to make sure that part works, too. Okay. Um, I'm going to throw you a curveball, Nathan, because he's going to walk out and he's going to touch Tiny Teddy. <laughs> okay. Um, you... <laughs> oh, man, I had something and I was like, nope, not going to do that. Um, so, yeah, you see the... You see something that you have never... You, you don't know about this. Like, nobody has ever told you about it. You're... Dad doesn't mention it. Meg has never mentioned it to you. And is your other sister older than you? Older than Teddy? Uh, yeah. Okay, and... Yeah. Yeah. She's like my half-sister. Right. Okay, so your half-sister... She's full drought. Okay. Um, even, even in kind of your passing and maybe whatever interactions you might have had with her, she hasn't told you about this. But you see a little Teddy, um... Playing too close to the tunnels um, in Pathside. And Meg is kind of sitting there and she kind of smiles at you and gives you the little teddy, teddy bear. 
and just says, just keep it safe, okay? Uh, and Teddy goes kind of skipping around during, like, close to the cliffs of this, of the tunnels. And very, very quickly, um, a shadow wraps around his waist and pulls him into the tunnel. And little Teddy drops on the ground. And that's where the memory stops. That part works, too. Cool. Uh, Teddy grabs some of the good stuff. Um, <clears throat> thank you, everybody. That uh, seems to be a fully successful operation. How does it look? Does it look real badass? <laughs> Viren says, it looks uh, looks very similar to the magic that I like to use. I approve. Nice. And uh, Teddy finds like a shiny glass or something and checks his reflection. I'm assuming it looks as badass as I think it does. Oh, yeah. And we can move on. Yeah. Okay. Cool beans. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, it's real cool. Hey, mom. Yeah. How come you didn't tell me that I fell into the tunnels when I was a kid? And she that seems important. She stops and she's for. I'm going to be honest. I, I need to just point of order before you answer that question. They definitely would have had to fuck with this thing to put it into my face. I'm sure they unintentionally set it off on each other. Um. Unless you have a way that they didn't, but that was my understanding, was that they definitely were going to start fucking setting it off on each other when I was passed out, and be like, oh shit, this is why he wants it. Uh, no, the Tal would have used, like, tweezers or something. Yeah. Oh fuck, so they had no idea, that's great. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she says, well, how did you, how did you find out about, I mean... I wanted you to put this thing in my face because it's magic and stuff, and I can see the past. And she's like, oh, 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 I mean, with I got it from some hags. I killed a couple of them. Three of them were cool. Three of them made a really nice frog stew in the morning. Like, mm, it's great. But uh, yeah, I killed the other three. They were not nice. Uh, the, the hags over in uh, the marsh? Yeah, yeah, the bad one. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, okay, 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 yeah. Um, well. Yeah, they gave me their eye. I tried to give it back to them, but they were like, no, nah, we got another one, so I got this now. It's super cool. And she said, okay, uh, all right, well, that's, that's perfect. Um, shit. Uh, son. Ha, the table's have turned. <laughs> and she, she just kind of says... Do you remember... I mean, of course you probably do. Uh, do you remember that big old crater that's, you know, a little... Uh, a little west of uh, a pass side? You know, when the when the trail stops and then you have to start hoofing it uh, a little off-road to get, to get to our place for a couple of days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, turns out that the crater... This, well, you know, you know the tunnels, they, they go all over this area, this side of the Underdark, right? Um, they go into the into that crater, too. Uh, uh-huh. And because there are so many, uh, like, Mind Flayers and Elder Brains that sort of live in that crater, and they're putting off so much psionic energy, uh, people just forget when they get in that area. Um... Well, sometimes those guys, things, come over to Pathside because sometimes they forget, too, where they live. Um, when you were little, there was a, well, an elder brain that took you into the tunnels. Um, that sounds bad. She said, well, uh, luckily for us, it had forgotten what it was. Um, and it was mostly just looking for, for company because... I don't know what it thought it was, but we had to we had to kill a good uh, to get you back, and then collapse that tunnel. And so yeah, that that happened. <clears throat> Ladies, Teddy raises his glass. My mom kills an elder brain. Very casual about it. This is why I called her. <laughs> <laughs> and and Viren just laughs and she says she ha- she hasn't changed much. I didn't, I didn't know you two knew each other, but that's cool. That's weird. It's weird when your mom knows one of your... Okay, <clears throat> that's cool. You got, got cause y'all got some good stories? And Teddy, like, leans in close.
Hey friends, welcome back to our 22nd episode of Chef's Night. This is our real, real last season 2 episode, we promise. Then we'll start getting on into some other things. First off, we want to thank you so much for listening and coming out and just being generally awesome. To start things off, we want to say thanks to Libris Arcana, our sponsor, who do fantastic subscription services for dice, books, and other sweet things like being able to give money and dice and whatnot to D&D clubs here in Canada. You guys should definitely go check them out. Secondly, I want to say thank you to Steve from Classes Characters, Jesse from DMs of Vancouver, and our very own Kayla from DMTK for being a part of this episode, for kind of helping bring together this whole ending piece of the uh, of the season. It was a lot of fun to record. Definitely thank you guys. For the rest of you guys, if you want to interact with us, we're on Twitter at DMs Test Kitchen, also at Instagram at DMs Test Kitchen, and on Facebook at Dungeon Masters Test Kitchen. So reach out to us there if you want to play with us, or if you have anything to say, you want to chat with us, you just kind of want to hang out, we're definitely there. I think that's it for now. Uh, Our next episode is going to be out on November 22nd. So stay tuned for some shenanigans. We had a bit of a one-shot. We brought in some brand new people. It got a little crazy, but I hope you guys enjoy it. All right, I'll let you get back to the main course. You guys are sort of sitting there, um, kind of looking at each other, probably in a little bit of confusion as this orc rolls in uh, and talks to you. And he he kind of looks at Varys, and he looks at uh, you, Cenotaph, and he rests a hand on the crystal in the center of the room. And he says, hmm, I'll be honest, I didn't expect to see either of you so soon after our little encounter outside the underdark this is unfortunate but no matter um we don't need her but i could really use you and he sort of points to varus and then points back to you cenotaph i'm not so good with the faces you say we've met and he kind of looks at his hands looks at the the palms and looks at the back of them and he says hmm I, uh, I suspect you probably wouldn't recognize. After all, uh, the body I inhabited was a little more slender, longer, pointier ears. Icarus. And he smiles and he says, Ah, uh, yeah, you remember. <sighs> well, the cenotaph is like forcing himself to his feet. We beat you before. We could probably do it again. <laughs> Yeah, sure, on a good day. Uh, well, at least someone has their wits about them. I don't think you are in any condition to to be fighting anybody at this point. And as he as he says that, he sort of kind of does a a slight symbol, just a, draws a little circle near the soul core. And Cenotaph, could I get you to roll a con check for me? I got ten. A ten. Okay. Um... So yeah, I would say that as he as he sort of draws this symbol, a circle, the inside fills out into this sort of magic circle, and he touches three points, uh, so kind of small circles within circles that sort of branch out, and the soul core lights up, and you feel, as you finally get to your feet, this sort of like ghostly beam connect you to the soul core again and you can feel more of these souls being drawn from you. I'm not gonna do a full out yell because I have neighbors. <laughs> Varys is gonna like jump in and like put her body between him and the orc and she's gonna growl something in Noel at Taraxis, basically telling Taraxis to go grab the shard. Uh, okay. All right, so he he sort of sees this, and as he sort of sees Taraxis kind of come towards this shard, he moves his fingers sort of in an opposite direction, kind of removing that magic circle, and he steps back. And roll a strength check for Taraxis. Do I just roll my strength? Yeah, may as well. That's a five. Oh, yeah, so... So Taraxis sort of, like, reaches down as it flies by with its claws and, like, doesn't get a good grip, but, like, scratches on the outside, kind of like those, uh, kind of like the the game claws Mm -hmm. with, like, the shitty, uh... Grip mechanics? 
yeah, the shitty mechanics. Like, like, oh, I got this stuffed toy. Oh, no, I don't have this stuffed toy. Uh, and, like, flies on by. Okay. Uh, as, like, Trax is going that way, um, she's gonna talk to someone. She's gonna, I think it's time we get out of here. <sighs> okay. Um, yeah, the Cenotaph is going to attempt to do his teleport spell. What's it called? Thunderstep? Okay. Um, which, let me pull up what that does exactly. I can teleport 90 feet away. Okay. So, that spell... Does require me to see where I'm going. As a... What are the components to that spell, though? Uh, there is verbal and somatic. Okay. Uh, no, sorry, just verbal. I was just looking at the wrong one. When, okay. when you say components, I always think, like, material components. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Roll me a dexterity check. Yeah. 17. Okay. Uh, yeah, so... As you sort of utter the phrase that you would to, like, get this spell off, um, Icarus sort of steps up and brings up that circle again, and he manages to, like, misdirect your spell. Okay. Expect that you're probably thinking, like, 90 feet away is down one of the hallways in a way. Yeah. Yeah, so he manages to let you sort of get halfway to the door, but when you appear... You appear 45 feet to, like, the left, and you guys are both in a corner. All right. And what does he do with all of the thunder damage? Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's a good question. It's um, a DC 15 constitution saving throw if you want to roll. Oh, yeah. Another bad roll. Yeah, so he, he sort of, like, cringes as, like, you show up in the corner behind him. Yeah. Um, and, like, kind of falls over top of this jewel. And actually, as that happens, you see him shake his head and just go, ugh. Um, uh, uh. And he turns around, and that tattoo is gone. And you just hear this voice, who, uh, who are you? What are you? And he, and he looks at you, Cenotaph, he says, are you, are you the Cenotaph? I am. Uh, you're not Icarus anymore. No, I'm... Uh, I'm, uh, and he stops and he's like, I'm, uh, I'm Talisto. Uh, I'm one of the last, well, one of the last pact keepers. Um, what are you, why are you here? Well, we came to investigate whatever's been happening with the city. Can you get us somewhere safe? Uh, yeah, I, I can. Um, not, not much is safe in the city at this point, but Icarus has been using the Soul Core to to uh, to trap in well anyone who comes in uh, and to draw back the spirits that were part of the cenotaph we didn't expect more um, that's what drew us here and he's been draining them out of me Varus is gonna go and pick up the shard uh, okay does anything happen me... <laughs> yeah I mean at this point like there's nothing really happens he he doesn't really say anything uh but you can tell that he's a little uncomfortable with like the idea of it being taken out of this place so this is the soul core right or at least part of it uh no that um that there is the soul core i thought it was shattered um no the the soul core is that piece is what it is the container for the cenotaph um but it it is only a piece of an overall larger item um there are other pieces that belong to it but this piece itself is referred to as the soul core she motions at cenotaph she's like is that not the container <laughs> and he kind of he kind of smiles he says well yes but this was the original container the thing that created the cenotaph. Um, this is sort of the uh, the control device. What moved the cenotaph between hosts, um, and that's sort of uh, when it was originally created. This housed the whole cenotaph until someone was willing to take on and become the new container. And you guys just leave it lying around. <laughs> uh, well, generally, this room is protected by many arcane barriers. Um, as you can see, those barriers are a little bit scattered, and they're messing with the city above. 
Why did it hurt him? Um, and as he starts to explain, he says, well, <clears throat> and that tattoo comes back. Um, and he puts a hand on it. He says, I'm sorry. I don't think there's any more questions that you need to be uh, have answered for you today. She's going to try and cast a spell. Okay. Um, this one might not work, so you'll have to see what I, you tell me. Any magical okay. traps within one mile are triggered? Uh, so, <laughs> down some, like, hallways, you can hear, like, um, like down, down the hallway that you guys were trying to escape down, you can see, like, three or four really large, like, fireballs just, like, light up the room in sequence. And then everything sort of dies down, and then you hear a little bit of a rumble, and then that's it. Is it enough to distract Icarus for a second? Uh, I would say it's enough to, like, kind of have him glance off down the, down the hallway. So, so um, she's going to try to take that opportunity to snatch the crystal away from him? Okay, roll a... or a sleight of hand. That is a 10. He rolled a 15 on his strength, and he just, like, holds the, the crystal down. He says, you can't... you cannot leave. Send the thaf. I'm spent... I don't have any spells left. Well, we'll do what they do in the old country. And she turns and runs and, like, throws you over her shoulder and just starts bolting in another direction. Uh, I think it's a left up ahead. Okay. Yeah, so as you guys sort of, like, run and then you hang that left, you sort of, like, you see this door, like, this portal-like thing kind of step, uh, open up just as you sort of run by. And in behind, in behind you guys kind of steps uh, Icarus. Um... And he's got this, like, big sort of net rope harness kind of thing. And he's got the crystal draped around his side. Almost like a, a bagpipe bag. But in a way that he can, like, sort of interact with it like he was earlier. And uh, he he says it's not going to be very easy to run. And Cenotaph, uh, as, uh, as he says that your sort of ghost shroud what's left of them yeah sort of wrap around the both of you and it looks almost like a sort of just like a chest version of an iron maiden huh all right um so sorry is it, is it made out of metal no it is made out of like the souls oh, that souls, are sort okay. of left over yeah um, so, do, does the Cenotaph get the impression that they're protecting him or imprisoning him? <laughs> um, it looks as though, like, you have not, you have not felt that they are reacting to you. Um, okay. You're getting the impression that whatever sort of control mechanism he's using on this crystal with these runes is how he's controlling the ghosts. Okay. Um... Yeah. I would like to try rolling, I think, just raw charisma to try and, which is my main spell casting ability and how like all my what all my abilities are based on, mm -hmm. um, to try and force it open long enough to try and get, let um, Varus get out. Okay. I rolled a twenty-four. I rolled a nat twenty. Nice. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so yeah, I would say that you manage to like um, force this open or otherwise like make sure it doesn't kind of enclose on the both of you guys yeah uh, and you're forcing this away actually sort of breaks this thing apart and as it breaks apart these souls sort of float past you and escape into this crystal Ferris run okay and she running so uh, you're still on um, over my shoulder, right? Oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll keep running. Uh, all right. So, uh, yeah, and you you can kind of see Icarus in the in the back at this point. Not He just kind of he kind of has this bit of a smile on his face and he just continues to walk. What what the smug motherfucker? We're not going to we're not going to be able to keep doing this. Varus, I know it's risky, but maybe you should just try casting as many spells as you can. You willing to accept those consequences? They might help us as much as hinder us. Alrighty. She uh, summons her first spell, and uh, she's thinking of Icarus, and as she does, the target is briefly blinded by a dense cloud of powdered sugar. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as that uh, as that sort of happens, um, he sort of like 
sneezes and there's like this puff of sugar and uh <laughs> there's like a chuckle and it's like this deep gruff voice of uh, uh of Talisto and he's like oh I miss the donuts of the bakery oh and like he kind of shakes and then there's this this yell ah like and just can you can tell that like your distractions are just like sort of allowing this orc to sort of like fight back a little bit keep it up Maybe, uh, maybe we can give him some more time. She, uh, summons some more magic and she, like, throws her hand back and the target's head appears to be severely cracked like an egg. (laughs) (laughs) So, what? (laughs) Yeah, okay, so as, as he's, like, continuing to walk on, you see this, like, split. That kind of comes directly down uh, through the middle of the forehead and right down the middle of his face, almost to the neck. And, like, it splits a little bit. And, I mean, for some reason, he's still alive and kicking and, like, walking along. But, like, one half of his face is tattooed and the other is not. Um, And you can tell that one side is actually uh, the non-tattooed side is furiously sort of making adjustments in these like magic circles that are kind of working um and the other is like sort of trying to grab the hand and like tear it away um but the side that you can see that is sort of working is the side that is not tattooed okay well see if this one works she flings another bolt and the target's most valuable possession is affected by reverse gravity so I'm assuming the shard's most valuable thing is gonna start floating up yeah so <laughs> like this harness thing that he's got mm-hmm. like the um the shard like does a flip and starts like carrying him towards the ceiling and he's still like it's like wrapped around him in a way that is pulling him towards the ceiling and you can still see that he's like kind of working away and he he kind of looks at at you Varys and he says keep keep doing what you're doing um i i'm going to try and use every advantage you're giving us but i don't think if you are going to get out alive and safely I'm sorry, but the Cenotaph may need to stay. That is not an option. Jesse, can you roll me 1d1000? 1d1000? Okay. 138. Target disgorges 138 dragonflies. (laughs) I do, or he does? He does. He does what? He disgorges 138 dragonflies. (laughs) Like, as in throws it up? Comes out of his body's orifices. You decide. Comes out of his cracked head. (laughs) Well, that's what I was thinking. Like, yeah. So, yeah, at this point, like, with his head sort of, like, split and going everywhere and, like, dragonflies just coming out, you see in a split second the tattoo is completely gone. And, like, this guy is laughing hideously at just the insanity that is going on. And he says, well, I don't know if he's coming back, but I would... I would make it a run for it. And he he's sort of like, he's still sort of being held up in the air. And he kind of just stops, um, stops like kind of working at what he was, what he's working at. And like, as all of these dragonflies are starting to like swarm around him, they sort of like, he, he actually disappears with the crystal. That's probably not a good sign. Yeah, that's, that's not great. We should try and get out of the city as quickly as we can. What is the fastest route? I'm not positive anymore, but this way? And the Cenotaph gestures in what is clearly a random direction. And Bearish just books it. Alright. Yeah, so as you guys are kind of like running down this hallway, it is very much in a random direction. But one thing you guys notice as uh, you run down the hallway a little ways, from time to time, Cenotaph... You start to, like, feel that you are being, like, reinvigorated. Mm. But as you're being reinvigorated, some of these souls you don't feel are from what was taken from you. Oh, all right. And so, like, you're not sure whether that's sort of remnants of what was left in the crystal. And uh, Taliso is trying to, like, help give you a bit of your power back by figuring out the crystal. Or whether it's 
just sort of naturally you drawing souls in from the area. I think I think I can move on my own, Varys. Okay. She lets him down. She's also going to send Taraxis ahead a bit to see if he can help find an exit. Okay. Roll me a, roll me a wisdom check for Taraxis. That's a 12. Okay. So he, Taraxis, like, takes a little while... Obviously trying to find his bearings and, and trying to, like, figure out where, how he can be useful in these sort of catacombs. And reporting back, he he mentions that there is this uh, metal staircase uh, with weird lights that make their way up to the surface. Does that, that sounds promising. How are you feeling? <sighs> Good enough to keep moving. Let's okay. go. Uh, we go to the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, so you guys see that there's this sort of winding staircase that heads up into this sort of flat, well, basically into the roof, but it doesn't look like it goes any farther. However, it does look like there is a large door over top. There's a door over the stairwell? Yeah. Like, just at the end of the stairs, or... Like so hanging. yeah, like you guys kind of come into this almost like a four-way section, but like you're, uh, it's a cylindrical room, so it's a spiral staircase heading directly up, but into like a flat metal hatch sheet, thing, basically. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, we can only go up at this point. Let's go. Up we go. All right. So as you guys kind of head up, you step maybe on like the sixth to last stair, and the ring of this hatch sort of glows like lights up and slides to the side. And as it slides to the side, you guys end up back in that sort of like futuristic marketplace with your, with that statue of the three of you and that like the fountain and that statue of the three of you having just slid out of the way. There are many trapdoors in this city. More than I thought. Well, at least this is promising. It was close to where we came in, I think. Okay, where do we go from here? Uh, I've guessed back the way we initially came, right? Is that the fastest way? <sighs> I don't know anymore. Honestly, I feel like I've been hem hemorrhaging memories with the souls. Okay. I forget, was this um was this quarter friendly or not? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay, Varys is going to like approach the nearest robot creature. And look. Okay. Uh, how do we get out? Out? Mm, does not comply. Does not... Mm. Does not comply? Hmm... Um, and it, it started like starts like stuttering a little bit. Out, out. Um, we do not do out. We stay. Okay, clearly. Well, these guys are gonna be of no help. Might as well just go back the way we came. All right, let's move. And we move. All right, can you guys roll me a quick perception check? Five. Not good. <laughs> Seven. Okay. Uh, so. As you guys are sort of heading out from the way that you thought you came in, uh, you were both sort of like grabbed from behind, and Senatav being <laughs> being small, it, it is like three, it, almost like three fingers, like metallic fingers that grasp onto you and and kind of like cover you completely because you're you are very small. Yes. Um, yeah. So it's like. Uh. Uh, and Varys, this, uh, these other three fingers sort of like two around a shoulder, one around a waist kind of thing. And they are metal and cold and massive. As you look behind you, you sort of see this relatively large automaton uh, with a bit of like what would kind of look like a local uh, sheriff badge or something on it. And mounted right in its chest is the crystal. What the hell? She tries to like shrug out of it. Get your hands off me. Yeah, so roll me a strength. Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, yeah. So you managed to, like, wiggle out and, like, get out just enough, but it still has the cenotaph, and it is kind of pulling the cenotaph in closer to the crystal, and a little hatch, like, opens up on its side that looks like a little prison, and it is looking to stuff cenotaph in it, into its chest. I think getting this close to the crystal after all the weird stuff that's been happening, the cenotaph is probably, like, just full-on passed out. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, it kind of, like, sticks the cenotaph in to this, like, side compartment, and these four bars close up. You, bet you better release him right now. I don't know what I'll do if you don't. Uh, and this robot thing kind of, like, it looks down at you, uh, and you see this sort of, like, laser beam eye sort of scan you, and it says, not recognized, not a threat, 
return to patrol. And it sort of like, sort of powers down a little bit, turns around and starts to walk away. She waves her hands in the air and the entire area has been surrounded by an invading horde. (laughs) 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 Okay, so as that happens, um, the outside panel to this like, to this cage actually closes up over top of the bars to protect the cenotaph and like these the fingers sort of retract back to open up sort of like laser beams and stuff um and it just starts going to town on these hordes which are now invading this relatively peaceful place what are the hordes i don't know what are the hordes well what would be what would invade raquel what would naturally seem like a thing to invade raquel talking dragonborn or like future raquel too I feel like it's an army of cyborg zombies. Or like Zerglings. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So I would say that maybe um, because this is sort of a future Raquel, it is run almost strictly by by automatons. So oh. anyone kind of passing through here, if it's organic life, they don't stay very long. Do you have an idea, Jesse? Lightning elementals. <laughs> The natural predators or robots. (laughs) Natural predators. Okay, so I was also thinking like um, like cybernetically enhanced um, people as well, uh, who are like cybernetically enhanced only to be able to fight like the automaton hordes. But using element lightning elementals would also be a good tactic. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, so we have like groups of sort of like cybernetically enhanced like orcs and dragonborn. And some of these people are there sort of controlling and unleashing lightning elementals in the area. And as this is sort of like happening and as it's this automaton is sort of fighting, uh, it recognizes also that as much as it is sort of the central security of the cenotaph for Raquel, it also has something with it that might be a little bit more versatile. And in the future, in this future world, the Cenotaph is a sentient AI that uses automatons to protect the city. But, right. but it has a being that it can pump whatever these, whatever it is that is uh, powering it into you, Cenotaph. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Think about what that sort of change in personality would be like as it's pumping more of these souls back into you because you are probably a little bit more of a versatile thing to protect this uh, this city. Oh, yeah. No, I I have ideas. <laughs> I have ideas, Nate. Um, so does it, let, does it put me down, basically, after it's charged me up? Oh, yeah. So, like, it opens up its hatch... And the uh, bars, like, raise up, and it has sort of, like, it lets you out, and it is like, loaded you up with, like, 75% of, like, these souls or whatever sort of the equivalent would be in this world. Yeah, so the cenotaph floats to the ground, wreathed in electricity, and just looks up. I don't, and I don't think it says anything. I think it just goes after the hordes. Okay. Like, it, you know, it does its teleport thing, uh, exploding away, and just starts wrecking things. We, we, uh, this cool says we should probably be running right now. What are you doing? It, Cenotaph, raises a hand and casts a new version of Arms of Hadar as tentacles of lightning start coming from his hand. One of them reaches for Varus. The source, apparently of these hordes. The thing, the person that led them here. Alright. <laughs> okay. As, like, as the cenotaph sort of reaches out, there is, like, another quick sort of flash beside you, Varys, and you hear this voice, you need to leave. I can get you out or away. And, like, standing behind you is Talista. But I can't leave without him. He is not the same person that you think he is right now. If you want to help him, you need to stay alive. And that probably means leaving. He wouldn't just leave me. No, he probably wouldn't. And I I understand how hard it can be to leave a friend, but this is not this is not your time. This isn't his time. This is everything in Raquel is wrong. You 
I need to stay here and try and keep track of him. And who knows what'll happen if Icarus takes me over or if he takes him over. Someone needs to stay around. That should be me. This is my city. He is my problem. How do... But if you will want to help, then you need to stay alive. How do I save them? How do I fix this? We... I... You know what? We need to figure out that crystal. I'm, I'm still very new at it. I understand quite a bit, but I still understand so little. I, I will stay here. I will learn more. But if you have more friends, people who are willing to, to help out, bring them. You need to get out alive. Because, and he kind of looks around, I feel like as not so useful as you might have been with your crazy magic, your crazy magic might actually be very useful. She thinks about Teddy and Salandra and their new friends. I have some people. They, they can help. You need to keep him alive in the meantime. If <laughs> he, he laughs. He says, I, well, that's, that's why I'm still doing what I'm doing. Thank you for, for caring. Um, please come back soon. How do I get out? Uh, and he says, uh, uh, do you, do you trust me? I don't really have much of a choice, do I? Uh, well, I guess, I guess at this point not. And he sort of like touches your shoulder and teleports you 500 feet out of the center square towards the exit. Okay. A lightning bolt hits the place you were just standing. 